Alright and welcome back to the Wild Haggis Podcast and once again massive thank you to last week's guest Jaggy Lee, you can check Lee out on Instagram, Jaggy Lee Tattoos where you can find more information on booking with her, uh, checking out previous works, also being able to find uh, her line of clothing, Hexess of Clothing. Now, moving on to this week's episode, we are now rounding off the trio of Junior. Uh, Obviously, we heard from Cy Martin, the drummer. We heard from Mark Andrews, the bassist. Both of them have brought their passion of music and advice to the podcast. And today is no different. We are speaking with Matt Attard, the guitarist, singer of um, Junior as well. He also runs Hot Tag Media, if you want to check them out. But please, in the meantime... Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, um, and it's funny because uh, every time I think of like, I mean, you spoke to me briefly about, um, uh, or you know, um, I was thinking the other day about like positivity in these very difficult times, and I have really fond memories of visiting you guys. And I sort of, I sort of associate it as like that sort of a capsule in time of like a really happy time, just coming to visit and going to the arcade and just staying and hanging out. So yes, I hold oh, it in very high regard. Dude, first question, I always like to ask this. Who is Matt Attard? Um, I think he is... Um, he uh, shouldn't be given too much authority to speak about who he is because uh, he's uh, he's not very clever. He hasn't got... You know, he's... Uh, <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I guess um, musical boy who just likes to have a good time <laughs> oh god that sounds like something i'd write in my yearbook at the end of school um because it shows that i have absolutely no academic prospects but i'm a musical boy who likes to have a good time <laughs> um yeah i'm sticking with that <laughs> right, so let's start off the, with, with, uh, from the beginning obviously yes. the, we've got the musical side of things of matt we've also got the professional side of things with matt so let's talk about the music side first so You've yes. been in, you know, a fair few amount of bands, to be fair. Uh, and I think, first off, prior to Junior, you were, and, you know, you've still got some involvement with Inertia. Um, yeah. Walk us through Inertia. What what were they all about? What are they all about? You know, is there anything new coming out with Inertia? Uh, well, it's, yeah, so it's funny. It was kind of, um, so my first band, because I was in a couple of bands, sort of, sort from, like, 15 onwards, um, and my first band was a band called Without Your Reflection, and we were kind of like sort of screamy, angry, everything is terrible, you know, musically and thematically. Um, so uh, that was my first sort of like experience of being in a band, but we did quite big venues. We did like uh, Student Union in Cardiff and stuff, so it was a really cool like first experience to have. But then yeah. basically when that band dis- disbanded, um, we, uh, a couple of the members, we formed Inertia afterwards. And um, whereas uh, with that first band, it was a bit more like, I, I was, I, I auditioned for it basically. Um, I auditioned for the part of singing and guitar. Um, whereas this was like a whole new project that I guess I kind of like sort of fronted and sort of like was sort of ringleader on, I suppose. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, it was wicked. It was, um, it was, me, my friend Dan, my friend Lou, um, and my friend, my other friend mate Dan, and um, yeah, it was kind of birth from like uh, 
we were all sort of bands that we sort of mutually loved, like mainly things like Biffy and Muse at the time I was super into, which I still am now, like Biffy's still one of my favorite bands, but like um, that it was that kind of like big choruses, big riffy guitars and just like high energy, you know, big, big old rock basically. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was great. It was, um, we, uh, we caused an EP um, with... Uh, a guy called Todd Campbell, um, who is the son of Phil Campbell from Motorhead, which is cool, the guitar- guitarist from Motorhead. And, um, oh, he yeah, lived- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great dude. And um, <clears throat> his studio was kind of near where I live, not super far. And uh, yeah, it was my first experience of being like in a studio, like proper setting, and it was great. It was such like a, for me, it was a real sort of turning point because like, I could see Todd's work process of like putting the songs together and like thinking about music more than just like on a on a songwriting level. It was more like the textures and the sort of you know how things sort of balance against each other sonically. So it was really interesting. It was a real sort of I, I like to think it was a, kind of like a switch in my head, uh, obviously, which kind of like uh, was a premonition for what I'd sort of end up doing later. Um, but yeah, so we just uh, we did loads of shows like. It was mainly in Cardiff and sort of in the surrounding area, but it was just a really good crash course in like songwriting and being in a band and just having fun doing it. Um, and then yeah, so that um, that was pretty much our length. We only went for like about two or three years um, before obviously Junior started, and uh, yeah, we haven't done anything since, which is a shame. But um, they're all I'm still really good mates with the guys, and um, I'd love to do something at some point. I think that'd be a real right laugh maybe lockdown would be the time to do it you know maybe to to utilize that time that was just gonna be my next question do you think maybe you know you guys might get get together maybe get a a session over you know ableton and just you know just have a bit of a jam you know what that'd be great we had not too long ago actually uh it it must have been just before maybe a little bit before lockdown came in maybe around christmas time we had a jam just for like old times sake and it was really nice it was just like there was no pressure it wasn't like practicing for a gig it was just playing these old songs and stuff and uh it was really just uh it was just it was just nice it was a really uh chill experience and it was kind of like it, you doubled up as a hangout you know what i mean like because it's so rare because because they all went and did their separate things it was so rare to get all three of us in a room together that like uh it was just nice to have an excuse so it kind of doubled up as just like hang out pally having some drinks and stuff and but also playing these songs that we haven't played in ages and it was a real shame because we actually worked on some songs that we were going to release and just never got the chance to so we played those again which was funny because i haven't played those in years um yeah it was really cool it was um and it was also really funny whilst i was playing some stuff and i was like wow i was way better at guitar back then i've just got worse <laughs> i've just got worse at my own instrument um so uh yeah so it was both uh, very cathartic and also incredibly demoralising. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time to you know to bring out that that stuff you guys did. You know, obviously practice and write, yeah. but you know, maybe down the line, possibly, hopefully. Maybe I'd say I'd say a strong maybe. There was no, no reason not to, is what I'd say. No yeah. reason not to. Let's let's chat, Junior. Um, yeah. You know, we've had Sion, we've had Mark on. Um, you know, both guys have, all, have mentioned how they've joined the band, but was Junior more like a concept, you know, prior to, you know, working with Mark or was it, you know, just you you had this this in the back of the mind, you really wanted to do another musical project and Mark was there, you know, 
not, not exactly the right place, right time, but you're both aware of each other, you both know exactly what you guys can do, and it just sort of happened. So it's interesting, so uh, Mark went to my school, um, he went to my primary school as well, but we didn't really like hang out until he was in uni and I was uh, I was in maybe six I was I was in a gap year sorry I was in my gap year um, and uh, it wasn't until then that we started hanging out because he used to have these really cool parties at his student house that me and my mates used to go to and we were like oh this is like you know this is like the older guy's house and you know we were it used to be just like crazy getting really 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 drunk and doing stupid stuff and uh, yeah so but it was funny from that we kind of like um, I remember, I, I have the feeling, and I, you know, this may still be true now, but I feel like like Mark wasn't super keen on me at first. I remember us having a really heated debate in the kitchen. Um, I don't know if he brought this up when he was talking about. It. We had a really heated debate um, in the kitchen about the Beatles because um, I love the Beatles, and yeah. I think Mark thought they were overrated in or some sort of way. And uh, I remember being like, "Well, you're wrong." I, I, can't, I can't see a scenario where you're right. And he was like, I, I, being Mark, which, who, who you've met and obviously know how he is, he's very diplomatic and he's very like, you know, he's, he was very, uh, uh, he's good at sort of like laying things down gently and sort of like trying to see both sides. And I think I was just completely obtuse. And I was like, well, it must be funny being completely wrong. I wouldn't know what that's like, but uh, you're wrong. <laughs> Beatles are the greatest band that's ever been. And um, yeah, I remember it getting quite heated. But basically, uh, from that, obviously, you know, you can tell that was obviously the birth of a beautiful friendship. But uh, from hanging out more and just realizing we had a bunch of stuff in common, uh, we would go to like town all the time and just like hang out. And it was really, I feel like I think it was my really sort of like, for me and Mark, sort of like our sort of formation years of sort of like where you sort of really shape your personality and become the person you become when you're older. And I feel like it was really cool that we went through that together. And it's funny, the reason it kind of gravitated towards pop punk at the beginning it was because like uh mark was really into his sort of niche pop punk and i was all into sort of like the broader stuff um so he'd send me bands i'd never heard before and i thought it was really really cool um and like it was just it was just really interesting hearing like a spin on something which i thought i knew uh but it turns out i didn't know it you know um and like yeah it's funny because pop punk is so uh it's, it's so much of it's about like growing up and like going through all these experiences like breakups and uh you know hating your hometown and all this and stuff which obviously not all of it was true but it was it was it, it something in it resonated with both of us i think and uh, there was so much good music coming out around that time i mean like story so far releasing stuff neck deep were releasing stuff you know knuckle puck and all this they were releasing really good records and uh yeah from there uh, Mark came to me because he knew I was in bands and he said, hey, do you want to start writing stuff? Do you want to maybe start a band? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and originally it was going to be like, we're going to do sort of like a bit more stripped back, twiddly, slightly emo-y pop punk. But then I think that we had a mutual love for Four Years Strong and that was kind of like the the catalyst. That and Blink, obviously, was sort of the catalyst. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I'd gone this whole time, this whole interview, and just never mentioned Blink and said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, three guys, <laughs> three guys, one with a low voice who plays bass and one with a guitar who sings high and can't sing in tune. No, I've never heard of them. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I think over those sort of things, we sort of, it helped build our sound and we really bonded over those bands. And yeah, that was kind of like the, the start of it. And then obviously we started writing and expanding on it. And then Cy later down the line joined once we'd done the EP. And that's when it actually became Junior. I like to think that before that, it was kind of me and Mark 
working it out, sort of feeling around. And then it wasn't until Psy came in that it actually became Junior. Uh, but yeah, it was it was like a we, it was like a eureka moment when we were all in the room together. It just felt so natural, you know. It felt so like it felt like we've been playing for years. Um, I like to think anyway. I remember very like fondly, you know, the 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 EP that yourself and Mark brought out together. Yeah. Um, and I, I might be talking absolute rubbish here, but was that not f- recorded in you know like one of the, your your home offices or something like that? Yeah, well, it was it was recorded. Uh, it, it just in our houses yeah it was um so c- me and mark we literally live like a minute away from each other uh just a minute's walk around the corner um so what we do is is like i bring over my recording stuff over his house and we record and just like do vocals and bass and stuff like that i go back maybe and do some guitar we just like bounce it back and forth because there was no like pressure there was no expectation and because we were so close it was so easy um and uh yeah it was really cool because it was my it was probably my first experience of like making a whole record myself you know uh yeah. which i've never done before that was my first experience of it and by myself i mean as in like the mixing and the you know the track listing and the putting all that stuff together it was obviously a collaborative effort in terms of the music but the actual sort of mixing and like getting the textures right i was just i was kind of winging it and uh, yeah i was really happy with how it came out there's obviously things i changed now yeah, obviously like how many years down like like six years later but uh i feel like for a first attempt i didn't think it was that bad i thought we did all right i thought it captured what we were trying to portray and what we were listening to and uh, yeah I, I we we all keep that ep really fondly in our memories i think because it's such like a capsule in time how was the recording process was it more like uh did you record in stems or was it purely a live performance at times and then just adding bits in here and there no, oh, it's definitely stems. We we weren't good enough to do it as a live thing because for starters there was no there was no live drums. So Sai hadn't joined at this point. So it was all um, programmed drums, and uh, it was kind of like I I'm, I was never a fan of the recording live and then adding things on top method. I've done it with bands before, and it never really clicked with me because I'm very much like a I'm a busybody. I like to constantly be on it and adding things and like maybe a little bit of a control freak but i, I always yeah. feel like there's one texture you could add and one thing you could change and for me it's like there is a um there's like a it can be the tiniest thing that you add and it just completely changes the whole song it just it's just a, a eureka moment and i i hate to miss that in a live setting so yeah no we did it just layering stems and uh, just trying things out. I mean, lots of the songs sort of switched out sections and then switched them back in again and uh, changed quite significantly from their sort of starting point. Um, and I thought that was really cool because I love the process. Like the, the recording is my favorite place to be. Um, and I love the journey and it was definitely a journey. You know, there was lots of trial and error and uh, yeah, I, I, it was really great. It was a really great recording process actually. I really enjoyed it. So obviously you guys brought in Sai, an absolutely phenomenal drummer, an yeah. amazing guy as well. Um, and he did, he did mention about the first session as a trio and he did say that we speak to Matt, you need to ask him this. What uh, happened on that first session where you had to meet the neighbours? Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so it wasn't the neighbours. It was, uh, <laughs> it's really hard to describe. So there's this practice room that we were practicing in. I don't know what's happened to it now, but it was really weird. I did a couple of inertia practices there, and uh, it was essentially above, like, a garage, I think, but the guy might have owned the garage and the practice space, and he he claimed, like, I, I won't name names just because I don't want to incriminate him or myself, but uh, he... Uh, he said that like Super Furry Animals recorded there and like the Automatic a bunch of Welsh bands had like 
done demos or recorded bits in his studio and it was a really sick space it was just like a huge like floor space and then just uh which was a live room and there was a desk and it was all patched through so you know you you fully had the means to be able to record something um and yeah it was so basically what happened was and i don't know if this was the first time um it might have been the first time but i don't think so i think we've done a couple but what happened was um the i'm trying to remember how it happened now it was it was something like it was uh we couldn't get into the practice room or the power no that was it the power wasn't on there was no power in the studio we had to plug in our amps there was no lights and stuff and uh we rang the guy who was never there he was always in he was based in newport which is obviously like 20 30 minutes up the road um so he was never there and we rang him we're like hey there's no power here um what do we do and he was like oh the circuit breaker is in the room next to you uh, if you go in there and, you know, hit the circus breaker, all the power will come on. I was like, okay, cool. And I don't know how it happened, but I got elected to do it. And I just went into the room, not really thinking about it, just assuming it was like a, uh, like a cupboard or whatever. And I went in yeah. and there was just a family sitting down having dinner, just right there in the <laughs> middle. And, uh, they all looked directly at me and I was like, good evening. <laughs> do you mind if i get to the circuit breaker please and i don't think they spoke any english so i think they were just really confused so it was kind of, i was kind of at a weird crossroads i could either like step out and just be like oh sorry or i could just continue on with it and just pretend like nothing had happened yeah. so I went, I went for the latter and just walked straight <laughs> past them and just turned the circuit breaker on said thank you and left and i remember just thinking to myself i was like we need to go somewhere else that was horrific because they were just oh. they were just obviously really scared i was trying to think about it i was trying to contextualize it. if i was in my room and just somebody walked in, said something in a language I didn't understand, and then just switched, you know, flicked a switch on my wall and then left. I'd be really scared. Yeah. So that was very concerning for me and for them. So I think that might have been the moment where we decided maybe we should practice somewhere else. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a scary old experience. And I don't know how I got elected. I don't know how I pulled that short straw. <laughs> but yeah, Mark's the wrestler. He'd be able to fight off anyone who, uh, you know, was causing trouble. Like, he's probably still tuning at the time let's be honest yeah probably bloody four strings but your Marco four <laughs> strings over there <laughs> so Junior coming together and you're all bringing this big mishmash of inspiration I think that's really the best way to put it you know you've all you know got your your own inspirations from different you know points previous uh, your uh, music projects what kind of direction was the was Junior meant to go at the beginning? Was it always meant to be that pop punk aspect? Are we going to throw in bits of you know metal or maybe some hard rock? What was the, the kind of original idea? Yeah, I guess, it was weird. I, I guess that the, the, the it was a bit of a smorgasbord and the you know the the styles, uh, but I, it, it was it was a lot of it was rooted in pop punk. But I think the sort of different facets of it and like different sort of takes on it like 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 i was saying before that four years strong was obviously a big part and like if you compare four years strong to i don't know real friends they don't really sound similar they're very sort of different sort of te- uh you know tonality and different sort of like um how they write songs like four years strong is usually a lot heavier but there was lots of um there was lots of sort of early emo in there as well like um uh, like brand new and uh, they were really into it. I didn't really know much stuff but they were really into it um, but there was bits because there was there was a song on the record called Undertow on the first one um, and it was I, I we were listening to loads of um, 
Alexa on fire at the time. And I think we were kind of just like, you know what would be sick? If we just wrote an Alexa on fire song. Uh, and even though it sounds nothing like that, it doesn't sound even the slightest bit close to an Alexa on fire song. I think we took very much from that sort of inspiration of like fast and like distorted and like going from like very jaggedy to very clean singing, uh, which was what I sort of associate with um, Alexis but on fire. But like, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that there was bits of metal in there, but like, I, I apart from like pop punk, me and Mark had very, very different musical tastes. Like Mark was quite into uh, like 80s, like 80s metal and it, it, like uh, he loved Van Halen for ages. He had a sticker on his bass that said, I love Van Halen because he knew I hated Van Halen. Um, these days, I'm obviously a lot different. You know, I obviously learned to appreciate Van Halen a lot more for you know the impact. <laughs> but at the time, I hated Van Halen, and I, I just every time I looked at him, we would play live, and he just had "I Love Van Halen" on his bass, and I remember just the, the, my stomach sinking. And then, what made even worse or better, I don't know, uh, is that some of the sticker fell off, so it just said "I Love Van," and um, <laughs> I was kind of like that's better. Um, so yeah, there was there was he had a big pink bass. I don't know if you remember him playing that bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, big pink, and uh, it just said "I love Van" on it for pretty much you know the first half of our career. So, um, so that could be anything. Though. That could be Van Morrison for all I know. Yeah, or just the vehicle. You know, he just yeah, yeah, of course, loves touring. You know, or Van Helsing. <laughs> it could, there's so many things it could be. So maybe it was better <laughs> having that. Um, but it was. Yeah, it, um, you know what? That completely lost my tangent about what the question was. <laughs> I was so annoyed that Mark had put Isla Van Halen on his base. <laughs> I was so pissed. Um, uh, yeah, influences. Well, influences, yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we sort of came in very different places. And I was really into I love like Radiohead and I love the Beatles. And like at the time, I can't remember what, what sort of my main band I was listening to. Um, but it was just, it, basically, it was just a very, very different world. But there was things like Common Ground, which I guess was because they were common ground their, their dna sort of made its way into the influences so like like um alexis and like four years strong and things like that um and then as time went on uh the more influences sort of bled through like biffy again came a big part because like we uh the big big choruses and the the leads and like the structure of songs was really rooted in sort of biffy songwriting um, especially like the sort of latter end of their career, you know, the uh, sort of many uh, uh, early revolutions onwards sort of Biffy. Um, and I think that that was cool to have as like a common factor because, you know, I was obviously so passionate about it. Mark really liked it as well. And then Sai loved him. So we took bits and bobs from that. Uh, and Biffy actually played a big part in Beautiful Life later on. Not so much in Junior Land, but Beautiful Life definitely. So yeah, it's funny how those influences still sort of carry on, you know, post, you know, past the first couple of records no i, I, I think you've kind of nail on the head with that one because yes you can definitely hear those kind of those different influences pulling through and definitely i completely agree with the biffy thing absolutely yeah. um so mark had also mentioned in uh, the when obviously when we spoke to mark um you know you guys got some exciting new stuff coming up he didn't let on to too much, but is there anything you can add to that or anything you want to allude to or do you want to just tell me to shut up? Uh, I don't think I'm going to incriminate myself. This is going to be really funny. I'm going to finish this now and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is what I said and I said this and this and they go, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we're writing at the moment. I think the, the reason why uh, probably Mark couldn't go into it too much is because it's kind of in the early stages. We, we, we have got a plan. 
Um, but like, you know, we've been obviously with lockdown and stuff. Uh, it's been weird. It's been weird. It's like you feel like you're going to be really, really creative um, because you're locked in all the time. But sometimes it doesn't feel super creative. And I remember going through a massive sort of identity crisis musically when Beautiful Life was over because like the well not over because obviously it's not but um we obviously can't do touring and stuff so it can't we we didn't really know what to do with it and then we were sort of being asked to sort of think about what we wanted to do for the next record and i had absolutely no idea because i kind of put i felt like at the time i kind of put all my chips on the table with beautiful life because you know we had like the the we went all out with like the choirs and the big strings and the things like that so i was kind of a bit lost um and we did a cover album in our cover EP in quarantine, which is called like the quarantine session, I think. Uh, and I, we just kind of like, we're like, there's no expectation, let's do covers of songs we like. And I did Boston more on a feeling. Um, and it was really funny. It was kind of like a, a light switch moment, like a Eureka moment where I play, I was playing sort of this, you know, 70s AOR. And like, it, felt i was like this is really really cool like i i love these textures and i love like how this how this song like progresses and like i love how big the chorus is and it's not actually that far removed from my beautiful life like it's you know it's got the same sort of like positivity and the the way it lifts and stuff and that kind of oh we're not giving too much away that kind of was like the, the catalyst of what sort of like you know influence it like sparked inspiration for the next couple of songs and from there it was it was quite easy it was it just sort of came really really naturally and once i had like a trajectory i was like right you know let's just this is the route we're gonna go i think this would be really really cool um i think that the things i can give away uh is there's gonna be lots of guitar um there's gonna be it's gonna be lots of big choruses uh and a couple of textures we haven't done before um, and it sounded really exciting. I'm really, really stoked on the stuff we've been working on, so I'm excited to get it out. Are you still thinking about going for the, the kind of stadium feel as well, kind of like to what Beautiful Life had? Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's, it, I kind of want to do a different take on it, because with Beautiful Life, it was very, like, biffy, you know, stadium rock. Whereas this isn't so much stadium rock, but I won't go too much into it, but, like, I, I'm kind of going to take a different element of that. Um, but, yeah, you'll notice a lot of similar DNA, uh, I kind of wanted to, one of the things with Beautiful Life was, I, I love the record so much, um, but I feel like we kind of were just throwing in all the pots and pans, you know, we just wanted to do everything. Uh, and I think it was like, you know, some people could say it was lacking a bit of focus. I wouldn't change it at all. Like I'm perfectly happy with how it was, but like I've, I'd say the best indication for what this new material is, it's, it's, it's a... It's got more of a sort of unified vision. It's a bit more focused, and I think that's to our benefit. You know, it's 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 it means that we can focus on the things that really tighten up the stuff. Instead of just doing everything, little bits of everything, we just do some stuff really, really well. Is how I'm going in thinking about it. Um, yeah, yeah. So you'll know some DNA in there from Beautiful Life, but lots of new things you haven't heard before. I hope. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know. Personally speaking, and obviously for hopefully speaking for a lot of the junior fan base, you know, we're all looking forward to it. And I'm sure you guys are, you know, more than excited to get it out as well. 100%. I am. Um, whatever the musical landscape is, you know, uh, in terms of touring or just in terms of what's happening, you know, how the, cause yeah. the music industry is, you know, super malleable. It'll survive this because it always has. Um, but whatever form it's in, you know, I can't wait to 
just get the music out there and you know put it in this new format you know i'm just very excited so going from junior obviously that's your kind of bread and butter at the moment um you do have you know your own you know personal side to music being uh hot tag media um now what really wanted to bring this up because this is obviously you're look this is now kind of become you know this is your career this is your job yes so you're, you're making money through hot tag and through you know working with junior so I really wanted to discuss that business aspect as well. You know, there's probably people listening just now that are wanting to really break into music, make it their full-time career. My question for to kind of kick us off is, how did you make that transition from hobbyist, you know, to semi-professional to being a professional musician? Yeah, so it's really interesting. I think that um, basically what happened was, uh, just to, you know, give the sort of cliff notes of the sort of, uh, the inception, um, I didn't know anything about wrestling beforehand. Like, I, wrestling used to be on sometimes when I was younger, but I wasn't I wasn't invested when I was younger, really. I just thought my, some of my friends were, but it just wasn't really a massive part of my childhood, like it is for a lot of people. But obviously, when me and Mark started hanging out and, you know, uh, spending more time together, and I'd go to the wrestling shows uh, that he put on for, like, Attack, and I used to go, and I used to be blown away by just how, like, crazy it was. Just, you know, the things that would happen was just beyond what I thought were capable in, like, a relatively small room and, like, a, a, you know, a very a relatively small operation. And the one thing that really stuck out to me was is how much of it mirrors the music industry, like, how much it, it you know, mirrors touring from, like, the merch yeah. to the different talent coming in and, you know doing touring and driving and you know all these things were like the backstage and all this it just really was a real you know interesting thing as soon as i feel like as soon as i found common ground it made so much more sense um because obviously when you see wrestling uh from the outside it it you know it could look a bit preposterous or a bit like uh hard to get i guess or get why people are so into it but i feel like once you get a common you know a common element it's so much easier to understand uh so basically what happened was i was going into uni uh and i was in my first year i was just starting and i'd be going to these shows and uh i think i started really getting confident in my writing a bit more um uh, in my songwriting and mark said suggested you said like you know a lot of these guys they come out to this music and it's obviously such a big part of it like you know it's such a big part of the whole wrestling persona your music uh have you ever thought about right you know doing music for wrestlers and i just didn't even think of it as like it just didn't even cross my mind i was like oh no and yeah so basically what happened was because i was in first year of uni and it wasn't the most taxing course i was doing sound tech but like i had lots of free time uh i used i utilized that time to like reach out to wrestlers through mark's contacts and you know he he would drop a good word um and uh they're basically my first sort of i said big break of thing that sort of really clicked was there's a wrestling promotion called chaos um chaos pro wrestling in bristol um and yeah yeah do you, yeah you know those guys yeah so yeah. dave um who runs it uh messaged me and was like hey i've heard some of your stuff and like mark mentioned like would you be able to put together five songs for me and i remember thinking whoa five songs whoa you know yeah i can't you know it was i I was psyching myself out and you know i but 
it, 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 and it was, it was really difficult. At first, it was really, really difficult. I had no experience in sort of writing, you know, to a brief. I was so used to like having no restrictions um, and just writing how I wanted, but I was given these briefs that I had to work to. Um, and I was working for barely anything, uh, which wasn't Dave's fault. Just to clarify, it wasn't Dave's fault. These are the prices that I asked for, but, uh, but I just because I wanted to build up a portfolio. Um, and it was such like a, it was a, such a good discipline to learn because I had to kind of like fake it till I made it because they'd come to me like, oh, can you do uh, a song in the style of ACDC? And I'd be like, uh, yeah. And then I'd do it and they'd be like, oh, can you do like a dubstep song? And I'd be like, uh, yeah. And then like, I just have to just give it a go. Um, but like doing that experience was so good and Dave was so good to me and I'm always really really thankful for everything he's done because he was he was one of my earliest supporters and he kind of like spread the word about what I did there um, but I think the thing that really you know turned it into uh, a professional capacity was just doing it on side by side with my course um, because I did my sound tech course, but I kind of knew that it wasn't going to get me a job per se. I wasn't going to go away from that and just be like, right, well, I've got a job now. So I made sure to like use that time to on the on hot tag, like to refine and get better and work on more briefs and just spend more time doing all these things and promoting and all this. And like, there'd be times where I'd miss like. I'd miss deadlines for, for some stuff and I wouldn't go to like trips out that they do because I'd be doing like wrestling themes instead but I remember in third year a bunch of people on my course were a bit disheartened because they were like because they basically said to us look you're gonna have to find your own work from here like this isn't gonna get you a job and everyone was really disheartened and I was kind of like guys you should have been looking for this stuff you know during uni because that's what really yeah. really helped it was like just having it in the back of my not you know using the experience and the contacts and the people and the studios and stuff was so great but i had to actually go out and do you know uh pursue those you know in because you have so much spare time uh and i think that's what it was it was just a case of just taking on as many songs as i could uh as little pay at first and just building it up and just really getting good at writing songs in any style that's thrown at me and doing it fast as well so it was kind of like just um <clears throat> it just forced you to be it just forced you to be a better songwriter basically and i'm so glad i took on all that i did because it means that now you know i can knock out like five songs in two weeks if I, you know or less if like you know if, if i'm feeling it you know and it's i'm so glad that i can do that and i've had sort of time to really refine the craft so yeah i think my if I was to ever give like advice for someone who was going into uni saying how would I get a job at the end of it, my advice would be uh, don't expect uni to give you a job at the end. Yeah, Use it yeah. as like a, a platform to meet really cool people who you can do extracurricular stuff with. Uh, you know, either that's, you know, if you do want to go by yourself, just make sure that you're searching opportunities, but also use the people that you meet in uni because they are they are the most knowledgeable people you'll meet. Like you'll have your lecturers who will do all they can, but other pupils who are in the exact same mindset as you, uh, you will, you know, find common ground and you will search for those opportunities. <clears throat> so yeah, I just say, use that time, that free time. Don't use it to go get wasted every day, you know, as tempting as it is in university, <laughs> like do try and find some extracurricular stuff. Cause it does make a difference because it started with nothing and it just built up naturally just by putting the hard work in. So just what you're saying there, obviously you've, you've you've done this through your spare time, you know, through uni. 
the music you were creating for you know the guys on the wrestling scene was that helping you towards your degree not just for practice but using it as you know you know, sample work to give to you know your to the grading board and things like that. It was interesting. They kind of existed as two separate entities because obviously the course was very strict in what it was, you know, what it was teaching. Like there was a live music module and there was a studio module and stuff. Uh, I guess the, I don't think I was able to submit anything that I did for the wrestlers, which I guess could be seen as a shame. But I, I quite liked separating the two things in my mind, where one was kind of like I sort of pictured one as like training. Uh, and the other is like going out and doing, you know, and I wouldn't want to use like, I'd almost feel like it's a bit of a shortcut if I just submitted like a wrestling song for like a brief in uni or something. I mean, it'd be cool, it'd be great for me, but what it did do was uh, it, I would learn tricks in uni. I'd learn like faster ways to do things. Cause I think at that time, my main priority was speed and efficiency. Um, and like, I was so stuck in my ways and recording from what I'd learned up to that point. And uni just really opened my mind to like, how there's different ways of putting a song together and it's not you know it's it's totally okay to collab with people to get to a better final result um yeah i think that that was kind of the best way to sort of describe it they did exist in sort of like a separate entities but occasionally they would, they would sort of be in tandem with each other uh and that was great um but yeah it was it was a it, it was sometimes a bit difficult to sort of get a grasp, like get my head around because, you know, I feel like I'd be going out and doing all this wrestling work and then I'd get like a, uh, you know, a C in one of my my papers or one of my things. And I'd, be, I'd be so disheartened. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm doing all this work. I'm, I'm working in the industry technically. Uh, and, I'm, you know, this I'm falling a bit short on. But like, uh, I just think it was good that it did. It, it, it helped me sharpen my tools, which I then would use in a wrestling context so yeah that's i really you know i really appreciated doing that work so was it always the intention to do you know wrestling themes or has there ever been the opportunity to branch out a bit further uh yeah i mean like um it, yeah these days and i can't talk too much about it because it's still stuff that's kind of in the works but like these days i'm really really fortunate that some opportunities have come up that is a bit more sort of in other areas um because obviously i still I'm still doing wrestling music. I'm still doing these things, and it's really cool because um, I've met some really cool people who have been really supportive, um, and have, uh, I've, you know, I, who I've met like early on, who have now gone on to do like amazing things. Like you look at all the NXT UK guys, and you see how well they're doing now. They're they're smashing it. They're killing it. And I mean, they were killing it back in the day, but it was cool just like speaking to them then, and like making some really good friendships so it means that now now that i've sort of like had a bit more experience and i've got more songs under my belt and i got a bit of a you know a show reel it means that if we end up working together it makes more sense you know it's like it doesn't feel like i don't feel like an imposter a bit imposter syndrome it's a bit like right okay i've kind of like earned my place here i guess because i've done some really cool themes um and uh yeah it's um you know what? That's sorry. It just completely went on my head. What I was going to say there. What was it? What what was what what was the You know what it is? I can tell you exactly what it is. There's fireworks going on outside because I totally didn't realize yeah. there was something. And every time I go onto like a thought process, there's just a huge bang outside, and it. I'm like a, I'm like a scared dog. I keep on getting um, I keep on getting startled. Um, what was the what was the question? Sorry, I got totally off track then. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell you what, we'll move on. We'll come back to it. But the next, but I did want to, you know, discuss about the fact that you've got this, this kind of CV, this, uh, this back catalogue of work. You've worked with some, you know, huge companies, being New Japan Pro Wrestling, TNA Impact, yeah. uh, WWE, Ring of Honor, and a lot of indie companies as well. You know, up and down the UK and across Europe. Surely that has to, you know, be, you know, for you, you know, a lot of self pride, but also, you know. You're, you're incredibly humble about it too you know what what to you what does that that mean to you obviously as you've said you didn't grow up being a wrestling fan you've kind of grown into it but because of that does that not give you that that sense of sheer pride that you're working with these amazing teams yeah you it's interesting so it's really funny i i, I always said this to mark that like i feel i, I think I, I mentioned earlier a bit of sort of imposter syndrome sometimes because it's like i feel like uh, I haven't, you know, earned my sort of place because I wasn't into wrestling when I was younger, and I kind of just sort of came into this industry that was already on the up. I think like UK wrestling was getting was starting to get really popular. Um, but he always, I remember him saying to me that like it's good that you're not super, you know, you know, you weren't super into wrestling because these people will come and you don't really know who they are, and you're just thinking of it as like, right, how am I going to make this person? best music possible um and uh you know not getting blinded by like who they are or their position like if you were like a medicine wrestling fan like the, the pressure and the stress and I th- i've kind of tried to sort of maintain that going forward for me uh i just when a cool brief comes my way uh, that's really cool when I get to sort of stretch my sort of creative legs a bit um, and I'm, I, I kind of the way I go into it I just feel really lucky that I get to do what I do uh, and I just really enjoy the sort of talking about music for me I just love I could talk about music endlessly so seeing these wrestlers who do like the, I've seen the hard work that they do especially on like the indie scene and obviously in the in the yeah, big promotions as well but when they come to me uh, and they're really into music as well, and they're going, oh yeah, here's my influences. I was really listening to, I was listening to loads of like, I don't know, like Slayer, and or I was listening to, you know, this uh, this early garage stuff, and this is what I really love. Seeing that passion that they sort of bring bring to wrestling, and put it into music, it kind of like eases the nerves because like no matter how big the wrestler is, I kind of feel like everyone loves music, uh, and I know that's a really stupid thing to say, but like. It's, it's just in the same way that me and Mark really sort of became creative when we found common ground. I feel like all every all this common ground that I'm having with these wrestlers is that they do really like music and they have a preference and they want to talk about it. And even if they can't fully contextualize it and they can't describe it sometimes because they're not like yeah. musicians, uh, that's totally fine. Because to me, I'd much rather, you know, I'd much rather get like a vibe of a song down rather than like fiddling about with, you know, uh, settings and sound and you know to get like the the compression perfect or the to get the EQ exactly how it should be like if a wrestler comes to me and goes I want it to feel like this when it come out this point I can go I know exactly what you mean like I can feel that sort of like uh, the, the ebbs and flow of a song um, and that to me that's what kind of like eases it all in my mind like because I try not to get too taken by the size of the promotion or who it's for specifically um, but I'm always, it really, when it really clicks is when that person is really into music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that even if they're not as, you know, some aren't as 
into as others, I sort of appreciate, I appreciate the hustle because I see how much I've seen from like uh, all the indie guys from back in the day, how hard they were working and stuff. When I see someone in a really big promotion, I think to myself, ah, oh, you work to get there. Um, and I think that's what, that's what really works for me is uh, having that, yeah, having that sort of musical DNA common ground and knowing for the work that they put in and uh, yeah I think that it's just about it's at the end of the day it should just be about making a good song like it shouldn't be about making the best song mm. or the best wrestler it should just always be about making the best music possible all the time and uh, yeah I just feel lucky that I get to speak to loads of people about music and about songs like songs they like I feel like I'm in a really privileged position so I try not to take it for granted and just enjoy the ride basically yeah so we'll double back to where we got lost for a second oh yeah please do i was trying to think about it then but as i was trying to think it back in my mind another firework went off so uh yeah i just can't, I just can't keep... it's happening it's happening here as well but yeah. i'm just I'm, I'm glad we're not too distracted like a scatty cat oh yeah, yeah. well I, I might uh, yeah i might um scream and hang in the corner for a bit um in a minute i'll let, I'll let you know <laughs> So we were talking, obviously, we did just say, doubling back, um, the intention just now is you're, you're doing wrestling entrance music, but there was the opportunity to go elsewhere, but you couldn't talk too much about yes, it? Yes, that's it. Yeah, so I think that, uh, yeah, that's so funny, I just, it's just clicked again. Uh, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, so some stuff has come up and I'm really looking forward to where it's going, but in my mind, uh, I kind of like, don't really separate into like wrestling music and not wrestling music. Uh, like I was saying, I kind of like, like I was saying on the, you know, previously that uh, as soon as it comes down, when it comes down to a brief, to me, it's kind of just all the same thing. It's just a, a, something that I've got to make in a certain style, whether it's like, you know, a person coming to me for wrestling and, but like, I feel like the pretense is sort of stripped when it comes down to just the music. And I think that's what's really good because what's really cool, the music is just pure like that, that when it all comes down to it you could be the most important person in the world um but your music you know your opinion on music and like how you sort of carry yourself uh and describe the music that you love and that passion is the same across everyone um and uh yeah i think that uh i i it, it, wrestling now plays to a lot of my strengths because i've sort of been able to understand how you know the structure of which obviously you or you know as well which because you know you you wrestle and you know the 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 beats that come out to when you're coming out like the curtain drop and you know it's crowd and then ring and then you know there's the different beats there's the there's a structure just like in music in all other contexts there's a structure to it so i can play that to my strengths in wrestling now which is really good so it's kind of interesting these things that come up that aren't wrestling related i have to kind of like re reverse engineer and be like right i've got to kind of do this but less wrestling y uh so uh yeah but it's cool because it means that like because I've, I've been really lucky where because of wrestling i've had to do like a million different styles to suit a load of different briefs it means that uh i feel more comfortable doing different musical things you know like if if yeah. things that are coming up uh there's there, there hasn't been a brief you know there hasn't i haven't been given like a task which has scared me because it's all just like i've been trying you know i've been building up to this moment for so long so uh yeah i'm just always i'm just always so grateful that i got to do what i did and do what i do um and get that training in so yeah well it's, it's absolutely you know just what you're saying there you know but the kind of 
the styles and you know d different you know different kind of genres almost like you i'm just while i was writing the questions for this section i was listening to this to you know hot tag on uh on spotify and you look at you know things like you know uh flash morgan webster's music is a total you know it's completely different to the likes of Tennille dashwood or looking at you know marty scurrell's music it's completely different uh but each to their own you know they've, they've got their own separate styles you know not just in wrestling but also in uh you know um you know for this for the music as well yeah and it's it's, it's so good just to see all that kind of blend together thank you so much man i think that what people underestimate is you know how much of it is the wrestler though you know what i mean yeah. like, so much of it is that character and that what the separating element uh how much of it is in the wrestler's personality and the things they like you know like i i, I, I kind of feel like i'm just the sort of middleman to it all and i'm just trying to communicate i'm just trying to make sense of what they want to say it's like mm -hmm. you know, they don't have the sort of musical if they don't have the sort of musician experience you know, I try and sort of like bridge that gap, and because if, like, for example, like Gav, um, uh, wanting like uh, the, the the sort of Flash one and the sort of mob, um, ugh, not mob, the um, uh, mod. mod. Sorry, I was. You know, what, my, <laughs> it's the fireworks one going because of that sort. Of, yeah, seventies mod sort of um, jam and things like that. You know, that kind of those kind of textures. Uh, that was all him, like, you know, he did, that was what he'd been using in wrestling, but he obviously just really loves that music as well, so it meant that yeah. doing it in that style uh, is, it was really exciting for him, and he was, like, uh, then he would be more creative, he'd be like, oh, what about if I did this at this point, and stuff like this, and even if you're, like, a completely uh, not musical person, you find yourself becoming a songwriter, because it's like, oh, what about if I did this at this bit, when I come out and do this on the, on the, uh, you know on the ring and you're like you're, you're writing a song here you know i'm just kind of filling in the gaps basically um i think that's what's really cool and i think that's what puts me in a really lucky position is that like so many of the songs get to have their own voice because a character's always been already been built and this is just to complement their character so it's kind of like it's almost like the song's already been written before i've even started uh, mm. and it's just kind of like translating that and i think that's really cool it's been, it's so fun uh, to do because it's just it's just it, it's almost like just helping someone get from A to B as opposed to like you know uh, even too much input myself um, and uh, yeah I think that's really cool because it, it's just nice to see someone be hyped about the final project as well you know because um, because you've gone through that journey together and been like you know there's been bits where you go oh I don't like that version uh, oh I like that oh why don't we try this bit longer um, and yeah I did that I think that's why it really you know it works so well for both of us in that scenario because for me i just love i just love making music and mm. i think that wrestlers surprise themselves with how much they actually know what they want and uh, i think that's really sure, cool yeah. i think that's awesome i think that's really really cool so just before we wrap up this section other obviously you've touched on it you know regarding when you were talking about when you were in uni and whatnot but for those looking to create a career in music whether it be a session musician you know doing what you're doing or you know just working in the music industry as a whole what is your advice to those individuals so it's funny um related to this i've recently started um giving guitar lessons and i was always hated the thought of giving guitar lessons because i feel like again maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome but like i almost use guitar as like a tool um as opposed to like 
considering myself a guitarist, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, I use it as a songwriting tool. Uh, and I've been giving these guitar lessons, and um, the kid who I've been teaching, uh, we've been learning just, like, the sort of um, typical sort of stuff that you'd learn uh, as you're sort of coming up and stuff. But now it's sort of shit. I've had to kind of, like move the, the song direction in a songwriting sort of um direction because that's how i got better at guitar is yeah i got a better player by writing my own songs because you force yourself you don't feel yourself practicing these songs it just happens really naturally um and you just find yourself coming better and better at your craft um and uh i can see the progress in him when he's doing these lessons so what so my what that was going to lead on to is um that I think the most important thing is to like hone your craft, make sure that what you are doing, you are practicing. And I know it sounds really, really boring to say, but like if you're a songwriter, write songs every day. Don't slack, you know. And but but the way to get past it is to almost find, make it feel like it's not work because mm. it shouldn't feel like work. It should feel creative. So like even if you don't, you're not getting paid for it, even if you just wanted you, you know, even if it's just a passion project, make it's something you feel passionate about doing like if you the, the reason i make that analogy is because like if you're learning guitar and you're really into your metal you're not going to want to learn on mozart you know you might be you might want to learn on grades like it just it, why put yourself through that to hopefully at the end be able to play guitar why not start with the thing you enjoy so my advice would be for, for firstly on purely this is purely as just sort of like a uh, our creative side of it is just make sure that what you're doing you, you actually enjoy uh don't force it um the, if you if there's anything which you have to force it's the the keeping at it you know that's the important bit but the actual thing you're doing make sure that what you're doing you really really enjoy and make it feel like it's not work so just write songs uh you know uh play to play to songs that you really like you know do covers and things like that things you would just do anyway make it feel like you, you don't even notice it that would be my first sort of bit of advice and s secondly i'd say make as many contacts as you can not in the same way that like a lot of these sort of shitty um you know things you read on blogs like oh it's just you know you just got to know the right people it's not that yeah. which i kind of mean it's more meet like-minded people be people who are passionate about this and i'm sure you you know you 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 feel this as well i'm sure that in wrestling a big part of it is that you you are with your peers you're with a bunch of like-minded people who are in the exact same boat as you are and they are just everyone is passionate about this one thing and you yeah. all naturally better yourselves because there's always that little bit of sort of uh, friendly competition and also there's the sort of feedback and you are in a community uh, and it makes you so much better at what you're doing um, and uh, I think do the same with music join bands you know join bands record yourself uh, just jam and make sure that you're collaborating it's not you're not completely isolated because you'll just see yourself naturally get better um, and I suppose finally, uh, you kind of have to, the, with wrestling, I was lucky because I had Mark to kind of sort of lead the way, but I think that people get so sort of stuck in their direction of what music can be, you know, what it has to be. Like, you know, it's EP album, sign to label, release another album, you know, they think that's the sort of path that you take, or that if you're a session drummer, you know, you, you, work under a label or whatever and stuff try and explore the niches explore like 
you know, MMA or explore like music for sports events, or I know that's both biased because those are both things that kind of, you know, <laughs> it's similar to, to what I do, but like things for like cr- music on cruise ships or uh, karaoke versions of songs and stuff, things which wouldn't be the first thing you think of, but are just are, are niches that uh, there is a market for. Yeah. Just think about it in, in more than just like your one lane, because I feel like music suffers the most when it's stagnant um where you know whether that's creatively or just in sort of like the scope that you sort of you give yourself when you do it so look because there, there will be trends and there will be things that become really really popular but just try and find something that you know you wouldn't expect yourself to be a part of because you could really surprise yourself um to take yourself out of your comfort zone because music shouldn't be safe. Music should be music should challenge you. It should, you know, uh, it it should be a challenge. Um, and yeah, that would be my that would be main things. Just yeah. practice, collab, and challenge yourself. And you will, you'll regardless of whether you get yourself into like, you know, a multi-million pound industry or you know get yourself, you know, going around in speedboats shooting AK forty-seven and you know. Doing loads of cocaine, you will at that very, very least, at an absolute base level, you will get something out of music that you never had before, which is a, which is that passion, which is uh, uh, that feeling of accomplishment, and it's it's something which you can't really describe until you, you get there. Um, but if you put the work in and you collab and you enjoy what you're doing you you will feel it and it'll make such a difference and you'll see yourself become more successful i'm sure do you feel that now that you work in music you've got a, a better appreciation understanding for it yeah yeah i guess so yeah i think that yeah i because I, I, I always think about music quite sort of uh I, I always try and break down music in uh you know like I'm always thinking about like how songs are put together and like the, how it's recorded and the textures and stuff. But it's interesting, yeah. Being in music, I mean, I'm still on really really small scale. But like, even from like just bands' journeys of how they got from A to B and how different each journey is, I just find really really interesting. Um, and like, yeah, just how songs come together and, and finish. Like even things that like I just didn't even think of much. I didn't even give second thought. Like. Uh, like songwriting credit and like ghostwriters and things like that like the, there's so many areas to music which I just didn't even give a second thought to um, which are really really interesting and uh, yeah it's 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 definitely a lot easier when you're around it I think and you surround yourself by it and you're lucky enough where you've been working in it um, but I mean these things are you know, you can pursue them and find, you know, find some really cool things you just wouldn't expect on music. You just have to kind of look for it. Um, but yeah, I do think that being in there, it's definitely given me an, a big appreciation for lots of areas of music which I just wouldn't even give in a second thought. Which is really cool because there's so much hard, there's so many hardworking people in music who don't get the same recognition as the really obvious ones. So mm-hmm. you should always be, you know, always be putting them, giving them as much spotlight as possible. Awesome, awesome. Now, just before we wrap up, um, what is next for Matt? Oh, what is next for Matt? Um, I'm going to put the heating on because uh, it's very cold in the house. Uh, that's stupid, actually. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what's next for Matt? I am going to be working on this junior record or whatever it's going to be. Um, I'm going to be 
really lucky that I'm going to hopefully at some point soon, fingers crossed, we'll be able to get into a practice room together and, you know, get to play new songs with good old Mark and Cy. Um, uh, for me, I am continuing doing Hot Tag. I've got some really cool themes coming out soon uh, for some really cool uh, wrestlers, um, which I'm really excited about. There's a couple of new cool prospects on the horizon, which I'll be able to announce soon, which I'm feeling really good about. Um, but I know this sounds really lame and boring, but like just songwriting, just always on it, just never stopping. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on creating and making stuff. That's just, you know, what I do. I try to do it every day and uh, it's really helped, especially in lockdown where everything feels a bit uncertain. Uh, it's nice to have something which is so... Uh, secure, you know, something which is so makes so much sense. Uh, it's just sitting down and writing songs. So, yeah, in, in no matter what sort of area it's in, you'll just see me writing songs. I'm sure. It's clear as day you've just got so much passion for music, just oozing out of you. And I genuinely hope, you know, that the passion that you're you're showing today, you know, and in general, and whenever you play, whenever you write, you know, that's been passed on to someone else to think, you know what. I want to, you know, pick up my guitar again or, you know, even start to learn a guitar, learn the guitar, learn the keyboard, learn drums, learn bass, learn the tuba, I don't know. But the passion you're showing, I'm sure, must be some sort of inspiration to someone listening today, hopefully. Um, I really hope, if anyone's listening, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, if you're you're listening uh, to, you know, what I've done up to this point, um, know that you're almost definitely better at me at whatever instrument you're playing. So uh, <laughs> that's any consolation. You're almost a hundred percent better at me, better than me at that specific thing. So you can definitely do a much better job than I can. Matt, thank you so much for this. Thank it's you. been absolutely amazing. Now, just before we we, we sign off, um, anything you want to pl- promote, want to plug, um, you want to pimp your Spotify, you want to add anything you want. Go yeah, for it. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously Music of Junior uh, on all the socials we've got some cool things coming up um, we always try to keep it quite light hearted even if um, you know we're in the 2020 hellscape so it's always a good laugh going over there um, but keep an eye out for some cool musical stuff we've got coming up Hot Tag Media Works uh, on most of the socials Hot Tag Media W on Twitter um, there hasn't been a lot posted as, as yet um, as recently but uh, there's going to be some cool things coming up um, and uh, yeah, those are best best place you'll find me. I'm at Wasteman Matthew on uh, uh, Instagram, uh, where may, you'll maybe find all my stuff sort of correlated correlated into one specific place. So you can get all your all your Matt things from there. Uh, and I also <laughs> do silly jokes. So there you go. Sorted, dude. Thank you so much for this oh, today. No, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure. If you're interested in advertising, you can on this podcast. Just get in touch, gains at wildhaggis.co and let's talk business. If you want to get in touch with us on the podcast, you can. Just email us gains at wildhaggis.co or check out the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash wildhaggisprotein. And remember, for all your protein needs, check out the website wildhaggis.co